Hello, and welcome back to EM Clerkship. My name is Maddie Watts, and this is my series on applying and interviewing for emergency medicine residency. Application season is in full swing for 2022. It's kind of wild to think that it's been over a year since I went through it myself. I hope this catches you guys at the right time. I was meaning to get it out a little bit earlier, but I unfortunately caught a cold and I'm still adjusting to intern year, so please forgive me. I know that even without my advice, the fact that you're proactive enough as to listen to this podcast means that you're going to crush it on interviews. And that's our topic for today, crushing your interviews. Before we get started on the more logistical components of preparing for and acing your interviews, I want to start with a little pep talk. And I hope by the end of this pep talk that you'll be able to see interviews in a bit of a different light. I used to hate nothing more than getting to an interview and having someone say to me, don't be nervous, it's just a conversation. We just want to get to know you. In my head, I would always think, sure, it's just a conversation for you, except for this conversation determines the entire trajectory of the next several years of my life. And although I used to hate when people would say that, the more I reflect back on interview season, the more I think that they're right. Interviews are just a conversation. Think about it in this way. So much of medical school and residency and the medical field in general is about comparison, evaluations, scores, etc. If you think about your ERAS application, other than your personal statement, pretty much everything that you've submitted is some kind of comparison or benchmark that you've had to meet. The interview is the first time that none of that really matters. If you made it to the interview stage at a program, chances are they've already determined that on paper, you're a good candidate for their program. But when it really comes down to it, someone's test score has nothing to do with whether or not you'd want to work with them at three in the morning. Out of all of the people that passed the initial screen of test scores, evaluations, extracurriculars, interviews are where programs are looking to find who they want to work with at three in the morning. They want to get to know you as a person and figure out how you as a person would fit in and function within the culture of their emergency department. Because emergency medicine is a team sport and residency, no matter what specialty, is hard. The only thing that makes it better and easier is when you enjoy the people that you work with and they enjoy you back. Here's another way to think about it. Until a few months ago, I'd never been on the other side of interviews. But during my fourth year of medical school, I actually became an interviewer for medical school applicants. The school gave us required questions that we had to ask, usually something along the lines of, tell me about a time that you had to handle a conflict, or tell me about a time that you experienced significant change and how you dealt with that. As someone preparing for interviews, I feel like it's always stressful trying to come up with the perfect answer or the perfect example. But what I realized from being on the other side of things was that I didn't really care about the actual answer to the question. It was more about the tone of our conversation. I loved when people were passionate about whatever it was that they chose to talk about. I loved when they seemed relaxed and authentic, and I felt like I was just having a casual conversation with a friend. You can kind of tell when people are saying what they think you want to hear versus when they are genuinely just sharing a story or scenario from their perspective. Yes, you want people to see how you've learned and grown, and it can be nice to make sure you ring the point home with a little summary statement, but your biggest goal during interviews should just be to be enthusiastic and authentic. 
All in all, your interviewer is going to remember you and your conversation so much more if you're just being yourself and talking about the things that you love. For example, I had this hobby where I like editing together videos of my friends and family and producing little trailers for them at the end of the year. I kind of thought it was silly, but I got asked to tell my interviewer something that was not on my application. I said this and we ended up having a really interesting conversation about how I learned to edit video and it ended up being something that my interviewer wanted to learn for an upcoming project. As another example, my close friend had tons of great conversations about what it was like growing up in a rural town where her parents own a drag racing strip. It prompted interviewers to ask her what made her want to apply all across the country, and she got a chance to explain why she wanted the opportunity to broaden her horizons. Think of interviews as the one time in this whole process where you get to just be yourself and you don't have to worry about comparison against other people. In fact, in interviews, uniqueness is a strong suit. Okay, I promise I'm off my soapbox now. Being yourself is important, but being prepared is also important. If you haven't researched the program or you don't really have an idea of how to answer basic questions about yourself and your goals, then you're not even gonna get to the part where you just get to talk about yourself. So how do you prepare? This is our topic for today, preparing for your interviews. We'll go through all three stages, before interviews, the day of interviews, and after interviews and tell you what you should be doing for each. Let's start with before interview day. The before phase is all about research. The three things I want you to research are the program, the interviewers, and yourself. And actually, before you do any program research, the most important thing to do is research yourself. Now, what do I mean by that? The reason why the dreaded just be yourself advice that we talked about earlier is so hard to follow is because when you're nervous, this can sometimes lead to rambling and storytelling without communicating a specific point. The key to looking like a rock star in your interviews is thinking through who you are, what your goals are, and the most important things you want to portray about yourself ahead of time so that you can have some talking points to fall back on if the conversation isn't flowing 100% naturally or you're feeling a little bit nervous. The best way to do this is to look at a bunch of sample questions and start to brainstorm how you might respond. I primarily used a list published by Emra that I will link in the show notes. I think it's an excellent place to start. Not only does it give you questions that you should be prepared to answer, but it also gives you ideas of questions you can direct towards residents or program leadership. The biggest things to have a good grasp on are why emergency medicine? What are my passions? What are my strengths? What do I want in a program? And where do I see myself in five to 10 years? Also, you should have a succinct 30 second spiel for the good old, tell me about yourself. As an easily template, you might say your name, where you're from, any defining characteristics of your upbringing, like being from a rural town or having a large family, what you've done so far in your life, jobs, careers, passions, And lastly, something fun you like to do or a hobby. This always adds another fun avenue for interviewers to explore, especially if they have something in common. Now, a lot of questions are going to be something to the tune of, tell me about a time that. It can sometimes be hard on the spot to think about examples, so I think brainstorming some ideas here can be helpful. I would start by reflecting on meaningful life moments for you, your biggest successes and your biggest challenges, 
moments where you are especially proud of yourself, and moments where you made mistakes and how you've learned since then. Think also about meaningful clinical moments, patient encounters that maybe stuck with you, or moments that help you realize certain things about how you do or do not want to practice medicine. I recommend jotting down brief reminders about the themes and important stories that emerge from this brainstorming. However, I would probably avoid writing out entire answers. The risk of over-preparing is sounding rehearsed or disingenuous. I think making brief notes without fully writing out or practicing answers is a good way to strike a balance. Next up is researching the program. Definitely read or watch any materials that they provided you. A lot of times with virtual interviews, programs will opt to give you information ahead of time so as to reduce Zoom fatigue and long overview lectures. Also, do a thorough look through of their website. Jot down some notes about things that are unique to the program or things that interest you. You really don't want to be that applicant who asks, do you go to any community sites when they clearly state on their website that they go to several community sites during their third year. On the flip side, doing your research allows you to ask more in-depth questions like, I'm interested in community medicine after residency. I saw that you spend two months in third year at Community Hospital A. Are there other opportunities to moonlight or get experience in the community setting in an earlier year in your training? Or you could ask something as simple as, could you talk more about the experience at that site and the level of autonomy that you're granted? Finally, a lot of programs pride themselves on being very mission-driven. If that's the sense that you're getting from their recruitment materials and website, think about the ways in which your goals align with their mission. Also, think about experiences that you've had working in a similar environment or times where you may have exemplified the qualities that they strive to promote at their institution. Finally, research your interviewers if you're given their names ahead of time. Now, don't be a total creep and figure out what breed their dog is and where they went to high school, but it helps to know what role they have in the department and to see if you have anything in common. For example, if you're interested in an ultrasound fellowship, you should probably find out ahead of time who the ultrasound faculty are. If you get the chance to talk with them on interviews, then you can ask more directed questions about projects that piqued your interest or opportunities to get involved. On the other hand, you may notice that one of the chief residents went to the same undergrad as you, or a faculty member mentioned cooking as a hobby in their bio and you love to cook. Personal touches like these are great ways to spark natural conversations and connections. Just as you love when interviewers have clearly read your application and asked thoughtful questions about your experiences, they are going to love if you seem genuinely interested in their projects. Even if they are in a field that you don't really know much about or don't care for, Ask them what that field entails. What do they love about it? What are they working on right now? Through questions like these, I had some really fascinating conversations. I had one about a person who was using virtual reality games to stimulate anxiety before procedures, and another person talking about building EMR automations to make our jobs easier. If you show interest in them, it will not only demonstrate your curiosity and enthusiasm, but also allow them to show you that same interest. Okay, so we're done with before interviews. In summary, look up common questions so you're prepared for what they might throw at you. Most importantly, know how to succinctly communicate your unique strengths and what you're looking for with regards to your ideal program and career goals. And if possible, have some stories in the back of your mind that might help illustrate where you've come from and what you've accomplished so far. Next, make sure to review both the program website and materials 
as well as do a quick search on who you might be speaking with and their role in the program. Now the day has actually come. If you are me, you have Googled convert central time to Eastern time at least twice to ensure that you're logged on at the correct time. You've nervously paced around the room once and you've panicked about the extremely loud construction that just started 30 minutes ago behind your house. The key is not to panic. Make sure your background is relatively clean, make sure that they can't see your pajama pants under your suit jacket, and make sure your coffee cup is full. But then, let it all go. Trust that you've done what it takes to prepare and paint yourself in the best light towards programs. Now that you're on the actual day, think about this as an opportunity for you to get to know a program and see if it gives you those warm and fuzzies that you hope to have for the place that you'll inevitably spend three to four years. So much of the rankless process comes down to that gut feeling on interview day. I want you to go into every interview excited, curious, and open-minded. This will help you to get the best appraisal of whether or not that program is a good fit for you. Now I'm gonna give you my interview day method. And you don't have to use the same one, but I do encourage you to have a routine. For me, having a routine and going through writing down each of the things that I'll tell you about gave me a sense of calm and control at the beginning of an otherwise stressful experience. Anything you can do to help yourself relax and feel in control will make you come across as more confident and authentic during your interviews. For me, I had one sheet of blank computer paper for each program. On it, I would jot down the schedule of who I was talking with that day, including their role in the program anything in particular we had in common, and at least one question or topic I wanted to discuss with that person. I also left a space after each one to jot down notes about my conversation. At the bottom of the paper, I had a list of general questions I had about the program. Some of these were things I asked of every program. For example, I really wanted a program that was social and cohesive, so I would ask how often residents and faculty hung out outside of the hospital and what kinds of activities they would do together. I also had program-specific questions that I thought of as I went through my research. For example, I saw that you have a medical education tract, which is something that I'm interested in. What kind of projects have residents done in the past as part of the tract? Also, in the middle of the paper, I had a super brief pro-con list. The pros were unique things I could mention to the program that I found on my research and was interested in. The cons were often things that I would ask residents during the social or during waiting room periods, to see if they had a different take on it or could clarify any concerns that I had. It was really nice to have a brief reference to glance at between rapid-fire Zoom rooms, and it allowed me a framework to jot down notes as I answered certain questions or clarified various aspects of my running pro-con list. My biggest tip during interview day is to make sure you write down any and all contact information provided to you by residents or faculty on your interview day. You'll thank yourself later in the interview season when more questions come up or you just want to reach out to show interest. I know I reach out to several people this way later on in the season as I was making my rank list and I was so thankful that I had their contact. Also, I had brief notes about our conversation so I could jog their memory. Okay, final advice for interview day and probably the thing you've been waiting for me to address. How do you handle questions that catch you off guard? I got all kinds of weird questions, like if you were to describe the practice of emergency medicine to an alien that had never heard of it, what would you say? And of course, the deeper questions like, 
what would you consider to be your biggest failure in life? I definitely got tripped up a few times. It happens to everyone. But remember that it's okay to take some pause. Say, hmm, that's an interesting question. Let me think. Pausing to reflect may seem like you are panicking, but it can actually show that you are putting genuine thought into your answer. If you can't think of anything, you can always fall back on, I'll be honest, I need another minute to think. Do you mind if we revisit this question later? Even if you think you've totally botched a question, remember that interviews are composites of all the conversations you've had that day. One awkward conversation or rambling answer won't take your interview if you have great interactions otherwise. So do your best to brush it off and move forward. Now let's summarize interview day. Take a bit of thought to make sure you're on time, that your computer and internet work, and that your background is tidy. Have a routine, for example, take a piece of paper and write down your interviewers, the questions that you have about the program, and the pro-cons you want to further elucidate. Having a routine will make you calm and collected during your interviews. Be sure to write down contact information and the main takeaways of your conversations. And finally, have fun with getting to know programs and pay attention to that gut feeling you get at the end of an interview. Conversations should be easy and exciting with the programs that are going to be a good fit for you. All right, let's say interview day is finally over. What should you do at the end of an interview besides slam your computer shut and have a huge sigh of relief? Once again, I'm going to give you my method, but do whatever works for you, as long as you have some routine for reflecting on your overall impression. First, I would just brain dump whatever I could remember on the back of my sheet of paper. The good, the bad, the ugly. I would glance at my pro-con list and then cross out or edit anything I had learned more about. Most importantly, I would write down any remaining questions or concerns that I had and how I wanted to get that answered with follow-up conversations. Then I would turn to Excel. Like most type A medical students, I love all things color coding and spreadsheets. So I had an Excel spreadsheet with two primary tabs. Well, it was more than two, but we'll focus on just two. On the first, I had a list of all my programs on the left and then four columns on the right. The four columns were what I decided were the four most important things that I wanted to have in a program. For me, I wanted robust clinical volume and patient diversity, a good culture with strong social support, opportunities to further my interests in medical education, and an emphasis on career development and job preparation. After every interview, I would write an impression under each column. For example, under the social column, I might write something like, residents were all together in one room on the social. They were constantly laughing and mentioned numerous times that they'd hung out recently. They call faculty by first names and report great working relationships with them on shift. Large class size does not seem to be a problem for making connections. Then on my second tab, I had a running rank list. I forced myself to rate each new program compared to the others where I'd already interviewed, and there were no ties allowed. Next to the rank, I would jot a quick sentence as to the major reason for that ranking. For example, loved my conversations on interview day, really emphasized the ability to jumpstart residents' careers in academic medicine, didn't love the city as much, and don't have as much social support there. My last podcast in this series is going to be about post-interview communication and making your rank list. We'll talk more about how to go about crafting and shuffling your rank list, but trust me, 
You'll be so thankful to have these gut impressions to go back on when your mind is all over the place in February. Okay, let's summarize the post-interview period. Take a few minutes to brain dump on the day. Were your conversations easy? What excited you? What hesitations do you have? What questions do you still want answered? Make a note of who you might want to reach out to or other steps you might take to figure out this information. Finally, use some type of spreadsheet or note on your phone to organize your overall impression and assign an initial rank. You'll thank yourself later. With regards to thank you notes, or in this day and age, thank you emails, some programs will explicitly state whether or not to send them. Program directors on academic life and emergency medicine mentioned that while it's a thoughtful gesture, it isn't necessarily a make or break move. I personally don't think it's 100% necessary to send every single interviewer a thank you email. I tended to reserve this for conversations that really blew me out of the water or conversations where we got cut off and I had lingering follow-up questions. By including specific details about your conversation and reserving emails for instances where you truly have something further to say or ask, I think it comes across as more genuine. But that's my two cents. Do what makes you most comfortable. Okay, the final summary. Before your interview, research yourself by brainstorming about what experiences have shaped you and your goals. Research the program and your interviewers to ensure that you sound enthusiastic and prepared. Jot down notes from this research on a sheet of paper and have it by your side to glance at during interviews. Don't forget to write down any contact info that you get during interviews, as you may want this later. And have a structured process to reflect on your overall gut feeling after the interview concludes. Make note of any lingering questions or people to reach out to. And most importantly, have fun with it! You are an awesome person and interviews are the first time that programs are truly getting to know you and not just a bunch of 1-5 through ratings on an evaluation. That, let's be honest, were probably entered by some grumpy surgeon two months late. Okay, on that note, have fun, good luck, be yourself. Until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.